open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Mark Wong Tower, Mark Wong Tower, this is Albatross 1 3, requesting permission to land. Over. I don't need a computer to tell me how to land a damn airplane. Six. Heads up display, check. Five. Lasers, check. Four. Particle beam, check. Three. Photon bolts, check. Two. Chair control, check. One. Let's do it. Broadcasting from a secret underground location somewhere in Moss Eisley, this is the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Make yourself comfortable. The show is about to start. Hello, 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 hello. This is the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. I am your host, Dayton Johnson. Welcome to January. Uh, welcome to a new year. And uh, hey, it's cold where I live and it sucks. Uh, if it sucks where you live, and you just want to kick off the new year in a fantastically bad way, this episode will help. It's going to be a great discussion. And uh, we are counting down our top seven bad movies we love. I've invited the baddest of the bad people I know, but I love them anyway. Uh, hello, Amber Lewis. Hello, hello. Hello, Disney John. Okay, I, I got to give you four of them. Hello, 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 and hello. <laughs> and hello, Robert. Um, hello? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Yes, we are discussing our top seven bad movies we love. And uh, real quick, uh, the idea behind the episode uh, has a very long history, but I'm going to break it down really quick. Uh, when I worked in my Suncoast uh, days, and you spend a lot of time talking about movies with friends and customers, and then uh, over the last 20 plus years, talked a lot of movies with a lot of friends, a lot of co-workers, whatever. And I kept hearing people use terms like awesome and fantastic and great about movies that are really pretty awful. And it was confusing um, because then I would ask, well, why? And and they would say, well, it's funny and this and whatever. And they kind of ignored all the bad stuff. And I'm not saying you can't like a bad movie because I like plenty of bad movies, but there's a difference between liking a bad movie and, you know, liking a truly great piece of work, a piece of art. So I wanted to uh, look at, you know, good, bad movies, because there are lots of those. And you have a tendency to forgive the truly bad things when you are entertained by a bad movie. There are uh, some things I want to talk about before we get into it, because people always think cult classic when you talk about a bad movie. Um, there are differences between cult classics and bad movies. Uh, so, uh, Robert, when I say cult classic, uh, what's the first movie that comes to your head? Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yes. 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 We could have uh, said that in unison. Yes, that's yeah. right. Well, it's one of those that uh, it definitely failed initially at the box office. And it, it is, and I keep telling people, if you watch it without all the lines, without all the fun, it's a bad movie. But you Terrible. add all that fun stuff to it, you know, because that's how I got to see it for the first time it was actually in the theater. People were throwing the toast and they had, you know, the lighters and people were you know, singing the songs and yelling the lines. So then you sit down and watch it without all that. You're like, Ugh. so, yeah, bad. but yeah, but yeah, it was one of the uh, midnight movies and that's where it got its uh, fame and it did better after the fact. Now, how about a, uh, what's the first movie comes to mind when you may uh, mention a good cult classic? Do you have something for us? Amber, Robert, anybody? I'm going to jump on your bandwagon uh, and say uh, blue velvet. 
which I okay. know you you dislike. So I, <laughs> yes. I, I, yes, you do. <laughs> uh, I, I I think it it is a a great cult movie that that is flawed, but but is definitely superior to Rocky Horror. Right. Well, one of my favorite examples is my favorite high school movie, Heather's, uh, with an underwriter oh, and yeah. uh, Christian Slater. Yeah. When it hit the box office, nothing. One big thud. Yep. But it had a lot of life on video after the fact, um, received massive critical praise. And to this day, I mean, they've um, done a musical for it uh, on stage and they even uh, tried to bring a, a TV series uh, to life, which I skip because I'm like, no, no, thank you. Uh, but my daughter loves the musical. So uh, even 20, 30 years later, that movie still has an impact. So there is a difference between a bad movie, a cult classic and a good and a bad cult classic. So um, I I'm curious to see if any of those type of movies make anybody's list. Uh, so, uh, Amber, how did you compile your list? I started by making a list of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen and then <laughs> narrowed it down using a ratio comparing the absurdity of the movie to how much fun I have watching it. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I want to see your visual aids next time we get together. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> The graphs. Yes, it was very scientific. (laughs) Robert, how'd you come up with your list? Um, I kind of started with guilty pleasures. Movies that I like, and when I say, oh, I was watching whatever last night, people either say they've never heard of it, or they go, oh my God, you like that movie? Um, (laughs) So um, that that was kind of my starting point. And as as we we were talking about beforehand, I revisited a lot of bad movies, Dayton, for you, for this podcast, (laughs) that I realized... (laughs) are truly horrible. <laughs> so I want my like 10 hours back because that, well, that was that was rough rough watching some of those films. You took one for the good. team, buddy. Yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> yeah. I've watched a few of those movies too where you're like, I want that two hours back. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, how'd you come up with your list? Um, thankfully, you gave us a clue to use the Metacritic that you can find on M- uh, IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a problem because I will watch anything pretty much blindly there are only a few movies in the universe that i just will never go back to um what was it the scary movie that's 88 minutes of my life i will never ever get back <laughs> in my unit is terrible um and that's bad for bad sake um and, and i again i'm we talked about this beforehand blade runner is just not one of my favorite movies um but i get why people like it so what i did was i started choosing out movies and None of my movies rated higher than um, a 48 on the Metacritic's score. And the Metacritic is critics in the universe have rated it and they have to have a certain number of ratings, which I believe Robert said was 25 or 35 um, before it's actually shown on IMDb. So all of these have a Metacritic score. And that's what I did. I, okay. I was like, I had to, I had to narrow it down somehow. And I wasn't sure how, because I just, I was kept looking at movies going like, I love that movie though. Like <laughs> why do people think it's bad? Um, I actually started by going through my uh, DVDs and Blu-rays and just writing down everyone that I considered to be a very flawed movie, but I love. And I, at one point I think it was up to 20 and then I'm like, no, okay, I got to bring, you know, pare this down. <laughs> and so I basically decided um, the scale was how many times I watched it. Uh, it's not quite as scientific as Amber, um, but there's definitely movies in there that I watched, you know, upwards of 30, 40 times and it never gets boring and never gets tiring. And I've, We'll put it in right now if I had the chance. So that's how I made my list. So, so let's do this thing. 
All right. The order for our uh, turns is going to be Amber, then Disney John, then Robert, then me. So Amber, what is your number seven? Well, I always have to break the rules at least once. And (laughs) so this one's a little unconventional. Um, There is no meta score for this one, but my number seven is every Hallmark Christmas movie ever made. (laughs) But... As an example, the one I've most recently watched was 2015's Ice Sculpture Christmas. Um, the story makes absolutely no sense. That title just makes me start laughing. I just oh god, like you'll cry. This girl wants to be a chef, but she's also an ice sculptor because those skills translate. Of course, of course, um, they, they the act use blade. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, and like she's has to start at the bottom, so she's working in the dish tank. And Liam called bullshit already because, like, she's perfectly clean and her makeup's perfect and her hair's perfect. And he's like, "That is not what I look like when I was nope. washing dishes at the Golden <laughs> Lamb." Let me tell you, no. So, um, and the acting in these movies is mostly C plus average, which well, in high. a lot of ways is worse than like truly horrible <laughs> acting because truly horrible acting has its own value in a way. Right. Um, but like you love these movies because they're just completely unoffensive. Like <laughs> the plot sucks, but it doesn't matter at all because you just have some eggnog, wrap some presents and look at the pretty lights and the pretty people who will inexplicably end up happy at the end. Well, all right. Amber, you're, you're you're so brave it, because we're all such friends. I can confess. Last night we watched Falling for Christmas with Miss <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, and it's called Falling for Christmas because she falls off a glacier yes! at the beginning and, and loses her memory. Her and then, oh, yeah. Jesus, we laughed, we cried. It was like the most delightful two hours <laughs> yes. I ever had. Yeah, I I, I feel you, Amber. Thank <laughs> okay. you for coming forward. Okay, My name so is Robert I, and I watch Hallmark movies. Okay, I say I won't I I won't watch, watch those because I've got better things to do like, you know, staple my toes. Um but <laughs> Uh, along those lines of of corny uh, Christmas movies, I just watched one with Asia Butterfield called uh, Your Christmas or Mine. It's on Amazon, I believe. Very cute. Uh, you know, it had a couple twists and turns in it, but it ends up just like how you think it's going to end up. And that's fine. But it, for what it was, it was definitely uh, a, a few steps up over uh, those Hallmark movies. And um, <laughs> now now you both brought now those up. I'm going to have to take a shower. So, you know, I've already <laughs> taken one. Well, now, now there's a movie, though, that you have to watch. There's one. I can't remember the name of it but it was filmed in lebanon oh, all right so we're very proud of that that nicolette sheridan uh-huh. filmed her christmas crap that's movie exactly what i want to be proud of in our town <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't have a lot okay like, hey come on milk money was filmed in lebanon too so right you know all and right. then there's another one with carrie elwes from the princess bride and if you loved brooke shields back in the day she's in it too that one's on netflix so Jeez. brooke uh, it's in scotland amen a <laughs> castle for christmas anyway yeah. watched it last year i, yeah. I, I i'll own it now yeah. oh, you ice, I, 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 yeah. can, I can say see this is why right. we're best friends all right this, <laughs> this is not a support group right now okay <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> uh disney john your number seven please okay this is the one that i'm gonna have to duck and cover on probably the most out of my entire list 
like I said, I created a list and I started looking for Metascores and this one actually ends up under 50% for the Metascore. It's The Mummy from 2001 with right. Brendan Fraser. I love this movie. Um, yes, so, but it does not belong oh, on a bad movie list. No, it's, it's there's no, there's plenty of things wrong with it, there's but I love it. I have a copy oh, on my shelf. Is, so oh, here's so here's what the Washington Post had to say at the time: um, stumbles and screeches on for an interminable two hours. Fast and furious, shallow, empty, casually racist, merry, jaunty, silly, and utterly weightless. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's the movie I would like to watch, please. It's called The Mummy. I love this mummy. I, I just I love Brendan Fraser. Um, cute as hell. And I just love his humor. It, it, and you'll find that there's a theme through all this that like just whipping that that snappish humor between everybody. Um it, it's it reminds me of the Marvel Universe because it's just it's just those quips between everyone. I and, and it carries through the entire movie, and I just enjoy this movie. I enjoyed the number two, which I know was very much less re- well received, yeah. but I know. But I enjoyed it. It's an adventure movie, right? It's it's just they're going on an adventure. They finished the story. I yeah. We I, quote I, this movie all the time. I'm the man. Right? It's all up here. Yeah, I love no, it. it's, it's a fun movie, and, and and Rachel Weiss is absolutely adorable. So, but yeah. but there's definitely problems with it. So, yes, and that's okay. Are. That's that's what makes it. It's still fun to watch. Like I said, I, no, I, I own a copy. There's one on my shelf. So, well, and I I found that when I was going through this, all of the meta scores, I found that, and as I go higher in my list, that the bad reviews on the Metacritics were like you know much lower than the high rec- high high good yeah. ones. But as I went on, they definitely made the shift between the two. Um, <laughs> And this, honestly, I had a difficult time putting this one on my list, but it was under 50. It met my criteria, so I put it on there. Mm-hmm. I just love the mummy, though. I, mean, I just love it. All right. I'm right there with you. That movie is yep. awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, Robert, you're number seven, please, sir. Okay, on, on a whole different tactic uh, from Hallmark movies, um, <laughs> my, my number uh, seven is uh, called Pink Narcissus, and it's basically gay smut. Um <laughs> I'm complicated. Robert wins. It was good night, everybody. <laughs> crazy guy. Well, well, it, it, it is a cult movie. The Criterion Channel shows this movie from time to time. So this is not just your usual pizza boy, you know, come to the door and whack a whack, wow, you know. <laughs> um, the, the, this crazy guy named James Bidgood, who was a window designer for all the big department stores in New York, filmed it in his apartment over about eight years on Super 8. And it is these fantasies of this kept young man. And he imagines he's a matador and then he, later he's a gladiator and all this. But this guy took his apartment and like decorated them with these ridiculous, garish, colored displays. It's like watching a hallucination. It is the most amazing <laughs> thing. Um, if, you, if you know the, the visual artist, Pierre Agile, the, 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 the guys who did album covers for Susie and the Banshee and Mark Almond and Erasure and all that, they were a big deal for a while in, in the 80s. But th- they were completely inspired by this movie. It's been very influential. Um, and, and as smut goes, it's not that hot. But as this weird, visual, <laughs> crazy hour and a half, there's almost no sound uh, except for just music playing and there's no dialogue. It's just these beautiful, strange, surreal visuals and half-naked men and sometimes fully naked men. Um, and and it's it, it just an amazing film. For years, they thought Andy Warhol had done it because uh, okay. he was doing all those underground movies. And then finally they found out it was just little old man who worked in department store windows. Um, What's the name again? Called Pink Narcissus. 
All right. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely not for everyone, but 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 is uh, well regarded in some circles, and definitely if you you can watch ten minutes of it and get the whole thing. I'm kind of still stuck on the wow, waka chow wow. So I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I'm so- <laughs> if that was a one and done, my other movies are not in this category. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, I put for, this on my list, so I'm going to go watch it. So For everybody listening, if you miss any titles, I will be posting uh, everybody's list a couple days after the episode drops. So uh, that way you don't have to write everything down. So, this one's called right. Wow Chicka Wow Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's going to be Not stuck in my head all night long. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. So my number seven uh, is... Top this. Uh, top this now. Dave, oh, so. I, there's no way in hell that's ever going to happen. Uh so mine is from my childhood. It's from 1981. It has a meta score of 40. It is the high school raunchy movie Porky's. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, this is a perfect example of raunchy 80s high school movies that leans into every possible cliche of said genre. Uh, mm-hmm. Offensive humor, nudity, barely their plot. I don't care. I laugh every time I watch it. And uh, if you do it right, the egg gag actually does work, and it's fantastic. Uh, if you do it wrong, it's very messy. Um, it's one of those that I watched over and over again on cable. And were you yeah, a teen? Uh, well, I was ten when it came out, so, <laughs> so it was one of those. Nobody cared. Yeah, well, I was sneaking it. You know, my parents were asleep, and I'm like, yeah, oh, God, yeah. Porky's baby. That's the yeah, first movie it, movie I watched. Yeah, it's 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 funny. It's stupid. Um, yep. Some of the characters are actually interesting, but for the most part, it is exactly what you think it's going to be with a name like that. So, um, my number seven is Porky's. So, all right, Amber, your number six, please. From 1983, with a meta score of 23. Oof! Wow. Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday what? Night Fever. You like that? Oh, oh yeah, goodness. the sequel. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, Staying Alive was far worse. Oh, oh God, yeah. Um, I hated Saturday Night Fever. Like, really? Will not, wa- don't, will don't not tell my watch wife. that movie. I like, actually own that, too. I even had the soundtrack. Fun, that's how, you know, that's, yeah. No, I admit, I'll admit that. <laughs> the, the dancing and the soundtrack, but everybody in that movie makes me want to barf. this movie though you would think you were in the clear because it has almost nothing to do with the original right except for john travolta who is still a complete jerk um and has now become a broadway dancer because all you have to do is dance in clubs and then you can be on broadway well yeah of course that's how and the whole point of sitting through this movie is the climax at the end when you get to see him star in Satan's Alley <laughs> <laughs> with music by Frank Stallone, directed by Sylvester Stallone. John Travolta has never looked hotter, but the movie is garbage. <laughs> wow. See, directed by Sylvester Stallone should have been the first clue that's going to be been, crap. Yeah. <laughs> right. Especially about Broadway dancers, if not about right. machine guns right. or something he might know about. It, it's yeah. Uh, oh my god, wow. that's great. That's that's that was totally out of left field. Thank you, Amber. That was like a total uh, trust fall movie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, Disney John, your number six. All right, my number six. The New York Times described it as as chaotic as a, a 
as this chaotic barrage of music, muscle flexing, sword play, fireballs, crude digital effects, and comic book quips hurls itself off the screen. It's like having several garbage cans clog with the stale pizza, lukewarm cola, soggy french fries, and greasy ketchup-stained napkins emptied over your head. The Scorpion King, 2002, baby. Ew. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme with it. I've got a theme. I do have a theme with my movies and you will see it all the way through this entire thing until probably my last one. That'll come out of left field for you. Um, I love these types of adventure movies. I really do. I'm a sucker for them. Um, It's Egyptian based. It followed off of the mummy. Um, Like it. I I like the rock. Okay. I'm following the young rock right now on NBC. So um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. It's just a fun romp. That's, I mean, honestly, that's all it was. It was a fun romp, little movie. It's exactly what you'd expect. Crappy acting. It was The Rock in early in his early days, and <laughs> and, and CGI'd onto a scorpion's body. Oh, it's alert. awful! It is it's awful. Terrible. He still did the people's eyebrow. Yes, he did. <laughs> course, he he did. was like, God. <laughs> Yikes! So yeah, uh. so that, that so that's my number six. I mean, I like the scorpion. I I liked it. It was. I, I will watch it. I will watch right. it today. But I will say that it's probably. This scored an IMDb um, Metacritic rating of a 45. That's the only reason it's number six. I would literally put this at number seven, but I, because I'm OCD and I want my numbers to go up, um, this is, yeah, this is why this is number six. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, Robert, you're number six. All right. Well, now that we got past the, the you know, gay smut, um, most of the <laughs> other movies I picked fall in the category of like how the mighty have fallen. Almost all of my next films are going to be like big name, famous, great directors and actors who just went terribly wrong. Um, and, and this one is called something for everyone. Um, one critic said it was nothing for anyone. Um, <laughs> I wish I could have made that up. Um, came out in 1970. Uh, it was directed by Harold Prince, the, the, lauded, noted theatrical director. He has more Tony Awards than anybody uh, living or dead. Um, uh, It starred Michael York and Angela Lansbury and Anthony Higgins um, when he was still acting under a different name and was doing all other stuff. Um, And it's set in Austria and the plot is basically that Michael York is, is young and handsome and seductive and connives his way through every member of two families, either sleeping with them or killing with killing them or both um, until, uh, until the end of the movie. And there's kind of like a twist at the end. Um, but I was filmed at Neuschwanstein, the, the beautiful castle that we all think of as Sleeping Beauty Castle for us Disney fans. It was in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The film is gorgeous to look at the direction and the script killed it because i think that the, the the both harold prince and the the script writer uh hugh wheeler both were thinking theater not film and they're not the same medium at all nope. um the entire movie um is really just boring and just legit bad um except michael york was just incredibly charismatic in this film it was just a year before uh, cabaret um and angela lansbury Every scene she's in, she steals this movie. She is just this yeah. bitchy German countess, and she just chews up the scenery. She is just every line she says is quotable and hilarious. Um, and I, I feel this is my, probably the only film on my list that, that I wish somebody would remake. 
Um, All right. You could do it with you could do it with an all star cast. You could you could punch up the script a little bit. You could film it like a movie and not like a play. Because um, it, it the bones of it are great. It's just it's just terrible. I I do rewatch this from from time to time, and I just fast forward till I see Angela Lansbury, and then I let her rip for a few minutes, and I just keep fast forwarding on again. So. Um, yeah, love this movie, but but I can own that it is not a great movie by any means. All right. On the list. All right. Okay. Uh, my number six. Uh, every list, you know, should have an amazing actor doing bad work. Uh, so mine is from 1990 with a Metascore of 45. Uh, we have Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in Joe versus the Volcano. Oh, I love Joe versus the I do Volcano. too. This movie is never sure what it's supposed to be. Is it a fable? Is it a commentary on work-life balance? Is it a rom-com? Or is it just a stupid comedy? Yes. Uh, it, it's kind yes, of a mess. <laughs> yes. But uh, with such a tremendous cast um, and enough fun and entertaining scenes, especially when uh, Tom Hanks is dancing on, this, on the luggage in the middle of the ocean, uh, <laughs> I, I do love this movie. I've watched it numerous times. I have a copy on my shelf. And... I especially love Meg Ryan playing three very different characters on screen. Um, and they're all interesting. It's one of those early Tom Hanks movies. Cause a lot of his early ones are just really bad. Like bachelor party did not yeah. age well. Cause I remember loving that so much as a kid and I watched it recently. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I don't own this one. Um, and so this is one of the ones that really sticks out to me from his early career. And uh, yeah, I, I love Joe versus the volcano and I really wish uh, they would have let them actually die in the volcano like they were supposed to, but oh, well I can do right. it. But anyway, that's my number six, Joe versus the volcano. Good one. Amber number five. So for every good thing, there must be a bad thing. <laughs> and my brother, Sam embodies that. He gave us Muppet Christmas Carol, and then he gave us this one from 1991 with a meta score of, you thought the last one was bad, 17. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the worst one on my list, though. But oh, 17. my God. Hudson Hawk. Oh, wow. Oh, that was a great movie. <laughs> you think they're all great, John. Oh, my God. That was a great movie. It is a preposterous story about a cat burglar who times his thefts by singing whatever song matches the time limit he's up against. And he is charged with stealing objects created by Leonardo da Vinci. And the whole point of watching this movie is a little bit the parts when he is stealing things, because I love it when they do the songs. But Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt are the villains. And like everything they say comes out in our house at least like once a week. I mean, completely hysterical. Every time Sam and I are together, we're screaming about world domination. And <laughs> they, Bunny, Baba. I mean, they steal and chew up every single scene that they're in. And that makes the whole movie worth it. Right? Wow. Like, I remember the first scene, like the oh, the shark bay has such teeth, dear. Oh my god, I love that. Oh, I oh my god. I just watched it last night and it's just as horrible and fabulous as it was. Oh my the god, last you guys have I such saw. better lists. Oh, I swear. 
Oh, oh man. Okay. That's Such awesome. Such a good movie. Okay. All right, John. Oh, crap. I'm up. I got to follow that. That sucks. Okay. <laughs> Just keep singing. Just keep singing. Right? Yeah, you killed me with the Joe versus the volcano. I can't believe I forgot that one. Uh, I know, right? Um, like you guys are, you guys have such good ones. I'm, I'm actually keeping a list here. I'm, I've got my next week's worth of movies listed. Um, here we go. So number five, sitting at the number five position, the Washington Post called Sahara. Is a um, <laughs> is a mediocrity wrapped inside banality, um, toasted in a nice fresh cliche. Oh wow! <laughs> Thank you. That's the type of movie that I love to watch. Um, I I did not know that this was such a bad movie. Oh, I'm sorry. The IMDb Metascore was 41. Um, we do get lower, um, not nearly as low as what Amber was scratching for, but oh, you just wait. I got it gets better. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed the movie again another adventure movie I really I, I really jive with those types of movies particularly with the quips between the characters um, I just enjoy that 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 formula that happens and I mean this was interesting with Civil War and they were often some I don't know African desert somewhere doing Civil War stuff but whatever you know overlook that part it was okay I liked it. I don't know. I don't know. This is the one I'm going to push back on because this one broke my father's heart. He loves Dirk Pitt. He loves those books. Has uh-huh. read every single Clive Kessler. And oh, well. this movie came out and he just wanted to die. He was like, you've got to be kidding <laughs> One of the things that I learned while doing this, I did one, I didn't realize this was a Clive Kessler book. Okay. Um, and one of the, oh my God, one, I didn't put the review on here, but one of the reviews was like, very damning of of like of the movie itself and saying clive cluster would if he was alive would kill them all like i mean it was just oh, it was geez. i mean it was i mean they were like clive would not like this and i was like okay um i didn't one okay cool that clive wrote this um i i just like the movie though i just it's fun it's it's exactly the the formula that i want to see and it just had a good skin on it of the civil war vessel I don't mind Matthew McConaughey. Um, I just it was a good yeah, movie. He's awesome. He's awesome. Don't worry, he's he's on he's in one of my movies later. So we'll get back to him. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, Robert, number five. All right. Well, continuing my theme of, of how the mighty have fallen, this movie was directed by Stanley Donan, who did movies like Singing in the Rain and oh. a Charade and things like that. So he was no slouch. This movie's a turkey. Um, but I love it. Gobble, gobble. Um it what it's called movie movie came out in 1978 and it is as are several of them my next films a, a, a comedic parody of old movies um somehow that kind of a theme i also had running with these um they did a lot of them in the 70s i guess but um it is it is a double feature uh with a uh trailer in between with the same cast and sets in basically both pictures the first film is a black and white boxing picture from like the 1930s with the young kid from the neighborhood who makes good and has to throw the fight to save his mom and all this stuff then there's a trailer for a war picture and then there is the second half which is a musical and this one's in color and part part of the joke of it is they have the same cast the same sets the same thing just like the old studio system movie did where they reused everything part of the problem with the film and there were many was that um at the time it came out, young people who were going to movies did not know what a double feature was. They were not familiar with old movies. So they actually filmed separately a little 
prologue with George Burns coming out and explaining back in the old days, you would see two movies and there'd be a trailer and a preview and there'd be this and that because they had to like set up what the thing was. Obviously for a comedy, if you have to set up why it's funny before it starts, that's not good. Um, the other <laughs> thing with this, and this was written by Larry Gilbart, who did MASH and a bunch of things. He was no slouch. Stanley Donan knew his way around these things. This is a comedic movie. It's a satire starring these comic legends, George C. Scott, Eli Wallach, and Harry Hamlin. Um, <laughs> what? It, it was Harry Hamlin's debut movie. And actually, he is hilarious. He is really funny. Um, now, now Barry Bostwick's in it, and Anne Ryan King is in it, and Red Buttons, and Art Carney, and a bunch of people are in them. But it is... If you're an old movie buff, it is great. But if you are not, it it it, it kind of is not great. Um, it really is is uh, it's fun to see. Anne Ryan King has a fantastic musical number. It's exciting because it's not her work with Bob Fosse. Uh, Michael Kidd uh, did the choreography, who also was did lots and lots of other stuff. Um, and a fun little footnote to this movie because it, it really is enjoyable, but it, it, it's got some faults. But it is um, <laughs> Lou, Lou Grade was one of the producers of this film. He loved it so much, he wanted there to be a sequel. He got Larry Gilbert to write a sequel. It never got made. Um, but Lou Grade was so disgusted with Warner Brothers and how they released this movie because it came out in four or five different versions. In fact, there's versions of it that are all in color. There's versions that are in color. and I mean, it's it, it, it been chopped up a lot of ways. But because of this film being distributed so badly by Warner Brothers, Lou Grade started his own distribution company, and the very first film they released was The Muppet Movie. So I, I would like to believe, you know, a favorite of, of this podcast. Yes. Uh, so I would like to believe that if it were not for this stinker movie movie, we would not have had The Muppet Movie uh, later on. Of course, right after that, he released Saturn 3, which had Kirk Douglas and Farrah Fawcett set in outer space. So, um, you know, Lou didn't always have the best taste. But, but, but movie movie, well worth watching, especially if you're an old movie fan. So I'm, I'm actually happy you mentioned this one because out of your list of so farts, the only one I know. So oh. yeah, I'm like, I know this one. I see the movie. I'm like, wait. And so I started describing it. I'm like, I know this movie. I, know I don't this know one. this one. I, I'm going to look at, I'm going to watch this one. The, the more you, the more you dig old movies, the more you will love it. It, it is very on point, but if you're not a fan, it, it just falls flat. And like yeah. I said, George C. Scott is not funny. He's acting funny. And it just <laughs> is not funny at, at any level for anyone. All right. All right. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Top those, buddy. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Uh, so <laughs> my number five uh, from 1995 with a Metascore of 46. Most of mine are actually in the 40s. I think I have one that goes over 50 is the the buddy comedy movie Tommy Boy starring Chris Farley <laughs> and David Spade. Now. I am not really a fan of Chris Farley. And the only time I ever really liked David Spade is in the Emperor's New Groove. Uh, this one, actually, I was working at Suncoast when it came out and we got a screener copy from Paramount sent to us and I took it home and I watched it. And I laughed way more than I expected to. <laughs> it's, it, but there's so many problems with this movie. Number yes. one, the, the, the continuity mistakes drive me nuts okay so he he gets a d on a, on an exam and he graduates but what time of the year is he graduating because everybody's wearing coats so like he flies home and he's greeted by you know david spade's character wearing a coat but yet when he goes home and sees his dad meets his future mother-in-law she's taking a swim in a pool <laughs> and it's cold so and then later they go to another there's another pool scene where they just been 
wrapped up and everything, but yet she's still going swimming. And it's just, they're, they're, it's just like, what, wait, what time of year is this? And they have a fall festival. I'm like, oh, it must be the fall. So why are the pools even, no, never mind. It's in Northern Ohio. We all know the pools are all frigging close. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, but it's like, they did it on purpose just so you can have Bo Derek come out in a bikini and just so you can have the girl. And so it's just like, whatever. Yes. Um, and it's, it's has all kinds of stupid physical humor, but like I said, Eventually, I, I, there's just gags in there that made me laugh so much. And man, my wife and I quote this movie so much. Is this the <laughs> fat guy in a little coat? Yes. Movie? Yes. I, this is one of those movies that I've never seen, but I feel like I have because Rich and Sam did this movie start to finish like every day. Right. And that's the thing, because like there's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stupid lines in there that we use all the time. Like, you know, your yours is the one with the shell on it and just, you know, or just stupid things in this movie that we say all the time. So as as bad as it is, I think I've watched it 20, 30 times easily. So, uh, yeah, Tommy Boy from 1995. I was going to actually make a list of top seven bad Bo Derek movies, which I think was her whole film career. I was going to say that's pretty much uh, all of them, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but then, and then there's supposed to be movies you liked and I never liked any of them either. Um, fun, fun fact though. She is a distant cousin of mine. Really? Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. That's awesome. All right. Amber, you're number four, please. All right, boys, buckle up. Cause we have hit the bottom <laughs> of the barrel fantastic buckle up nice <laughs> with a meta score of 15 <laughs> 1 5 15 another terrible sequel 1987's jaws the revenge <laughs> <laughs> this time it's personal this time it's personal amber how could you oh my god this is a bad movie <laughs> oh. oh my god between the shark that roars and Michael Caine's paid <laughs> vacation performance. The movie and everyone in it defy all logic, but the Bahamas are beautiful and it's more fun than Jaws 3's cocaine-fueled hysteria. <laughs> okay, so I have to call out uh, oh, my friends. Uh, are you calling uh, out Shirley? Yeah, Shirley and yes, the film by, yes, because, because they did episodes on this and uh, uh, one of the worst movies of that year. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, that's yes, just fantastic. They did this one and Superman 4, and we don't yes. talk about Superman 4 in my house. And you shouldn't. Mm, and, no. But this movie, like, if we're doing a Jaws thing, I'll watch Jaws 3D just because I remember seeing it in 3D in the theater and whatever. Yeah, me too. But this one, like, I actually enjoy and just crack up and wow. like, <laughs> love watch it. Like, what? What is even happening? Oh, my God. Yeah, I had a chance to go either go see Kroll or Jaws 3D. I chose Jaws 3D, and I wish I would have seen it. Oh, anyway, man. I know, right? My Whatever. boys went and saw that recently. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. All right, Disney John, your number four, please. All right, my number four is my only actual drama on the list. It comes in with an IMDb score of a 40. The Washington Post says about this movie, beginning with an intriguing premise, which it manages to squander in record time. It turns out to be a thinly imagined, thinly acted, silly exercise in car crashes, chases, and nasty outbursts of generic violence. Um, 
it's Double Jeopardy from 1999. Oh, right. Okay. Oh. Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones. Hello, I love Nick. I love both of them, right? I just I <laughs> really enjoy the movie. And I love the end. Like the end of it was just like she got that feel good. I got over on the bad guy moment and it was just it was great. I just was like I cheer every time. I'm just like, "You get him." You bastard like <laughs> but like they made it so that like she wasn't really a bad person for killing right. him like, exactly she had no, to save tommy uh-huh. well, it was well yeah that was i mean yes i realized that part of it but it was just like she got over on him and she had to win tommy over as well because i mean he was chasing her and um but she got to like really just screw his screw that guy over oh my god it was so good i really enjoyed that movie <laughs> i think that was the first bruce greenwood movie i ever saw couldn't tell you who that was. He's the husband. Husband. He's oh, the there jerk. we go. Oh, that's Bruce Greenwood. Oh, okay, that, yeah. yeah. That was great. I mean, I just, I love I that. That was the first time I saw him. And then the next thing, he was like JFK. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. You're a asshole. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I love that movie. Yeah. That was my, that was my one and only drama on the whole thing. All right. All right. All right, Robert, you're number four. I, I do want to apologize for not having meta scores for any of mine, but but apparently not enough people saw any of the movies <laughs> I like <laughs> actually provide meta scores. I, I looked. I, I anyway. Um, it's a my, new my bar, n- sir. Yeah, yeah. My number four um, is a kind of a Halloween tradition. With us, I'm a huge fan of the old Universal horror movies. Uh, this one's called Mad Monster Party. Oh um, yes, it, it was filmed in Animagic. <laughs> oh Don't call it stop motion; they will get oh mad. Oh my god! Animagic. Four years after Rudolph, the same team, uh, Rankin and Bass and, and Maury Laws doing the music, all these people went together and basically did this ridiculous, hilarious movie about every Universal horror movie monster there is. And the ones they couldn't get the copyright on, they made up names for. Um, so there's <laughs> like, they don't actually say the Invisible Man. They don't say that. Anyway, um, Boris Karloff does one of the voices uh, of, oh, wow. of uh, the Dr. Frankenstein character. It was his last appearance kind of in any form of the Frankenstein franchise. Phyllis Diller is one of the voices. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, she, she's like the bride of Frankenstein. We don't call her that because... We can't well, say yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, and um, and then a guy named Alan Swift did all the other voices in the entire film. I, I, I had to read about him. He did voices for Howdy Doody and Underdog. He was the Frito Bandito from the TV commercials. Apparently, this man could impersonate anybody. Oh um, so it, it's when the movie, there's like a Peter Lorre knockoff and a James Stewart knockoff and all these things. Um, the movie starts with this amazing incredibly bad James Bond kind of Shirley Bassey title song. It's just like mad monster, you know, and it's just like this bow, 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 bow music, kind of like the porn music, but now it's exciting. Anyway, um, this sort of Bondy theme song. And then these like little puppet monsters walk around and there's these lame jokes. Um, but, but I just love this movie and um, we watch it every, every Halloween. It's, it's, it's really fun. It's short mercifully. Um, and uh, the, the other thing I, I learned reading about it, cause I, I just kind of watched it and didn't really do a lot of homework on it, but Harvey Kurtzman, who was involved with Mad Magazine for, for decades, and was really one of the main artists for that, that magazine, uh, designed all the character designs. It was one of the few times oh, wow. he worked in film. So, and you can kind of, seeing them, you can kind of see that kind of character Mad Magazine style for some of the characters. Um, well well worth watching um, if, if it doesn't cost you much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Okay. Uh, my number four. So uh, I am not a fan of Ben Stiller, 
and I can only take Vince Vaughn in small doses. But the 2004 Dodgeball, a true underdog yes. story with a meta score of 55, makes me laugh every single time. It is a an absolute ridiculous plot <laughs> about uh, two opposing gyms. Uh, the average Joe's and uh, has to. They decide to go play dodgeball in a tournament right, to win a, to to win enough money to uh, basically get out of debt and not be bought up by uh, Ben Stiller's gym. And okay, so yes, ridiculous characters, uh, you know, in stupid lines. If you could dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Just, but man, oh my god, I friggin' laugh all the time. And if you know average shows is going to win, you know it's coming. It doesn't matter. But doesn't matter. you know, I got to tell you, I would so go to Vegas to watch a dodgeball <laughs> tournament if it was anything like this. Uh, and they managed to actually make uh, Vince Vaughn likable because uh, he's kind of hard in most of his movies. As much as I love Swingers, he's a bit too much by the end of that movie. Uh, but yeah, um, and Ben Stiller is obnoxious. Oh, yeah. But it so works for the character. So, yes. Dodgeball from 2004 is my number four. And this is actually my new, my the newest movie on my list. So such an excellent choice, sir. Like <laughs> that is one of the best movies. Oh my God. And so I don't keep saying I own all these. So that's, you know, that's basically, I had to make sure I owned them for them to make my list. So, Oh my God. That's a great choice. I love that movie. I might have to watch that one tonight. I haven't <laughs> seen it. I'm going to have to what? break You've it down and watch it. You it's, can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. Yeah, there's some. And they good... come out in the BDSM costumes. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Yes. That's it's oh. so stupid. It's but it's hilarious. All right, Amber, your number three. Chuck Norris. <laughs> okay, this one is the only one I was a little ambivalent about labeling as bad. Okay. Um. From 1980 with a meta score of 58. Ooh. Flash Gordon. <laughs> okay, oh so. no, that's that's a bad movie. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's actually that's actually on my list. Did we, yes. we, well, okay. So um why don't we wait and do that? We'll just have a big discussion because I know we really? all want to talk okay. about this. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yes, yes, okay. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful. Just promise me that when you do it, you'll throw in at least one sound bite of Brian Bless going, Gordon's alive. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon's alive. He has some of the best lines in the freaking movie. The, yeah, he's the best. He's oh my the god, best. that's amazing! Oh my god, uh, a, such a bad movie. A prince oh, named no, uh, yeah, there's so. not. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, all right, Disney all right, John. To be continued. Here we go. Yes, to here be we continued. Go. <laughs> my, so we're on number three, right? Okay, here comes number three from 2004 with an IMDb score, Metacritic's of 40. The Washington Post says rated PG must stand for particularly gullible. <laughs> it's Raiders of the Lost Ark for people who slept through American history. The Washington, uh, the Wall Street Journal continues to say Disney's national treasure is supposed to be a family friendly um, and PG rated action adventure free of hard violence and bad language. That's an admirable to be sure. But with a... Fr- uh, with a friend like this, family doesn't need sleeping pills. <laughs> I was like, what? I, co- I was like, I couldn't believe how harsh these were because I love Yo, National I, Treasure. Yes, I do too. I mean, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It is such a good movie. And I'm now watching the Disney Plus um, feature like the like they're up to two episodes now of the National Treasure TV show. Right. It is good. 
it, I'm, it's not bad. I mean, we're two, <laughs> ep- we're two episodes in. Okay. That's a ringing and, endorsement. It's not well, bad. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have had some distractions while I've been watching it. So Friday, I plan on watching it again without distractions. Um, and I, I think it's going to be good. It is a TV show. So it's not a movie where they have to like get done in two hours. Yeah. It's a TV show where they can let this breathe for a few um, so I'm, I'm, I need to rewatch it and give it its, its, its fair due. I'm very excited for it though, because I do like the national treasure theme. Um, two was a little disappointing, but I still liked it. Um, but national treasure for me was, I loved it. I loved national treasure from beginning to end. It was a great adventure film that took you on a journey and there was a conclusion. Right. And right. I, I just like, it. and I like Nick cage too. Not in everything. Absolutely. Yep. Not in right. everything, but yeah. Yep. Yep. Damn, I should have put Con Air on this list. <sighs> I'm sorry. Face Off. I, oh. Face Off is a good movie, though. There's like yeah, that's a good movie. That movie. That's arguably a great movie. But yeah, like Con is. Air. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry, All right, Robert. Go ahead. Continue. I didn't mean Robert. to get two in there. <laughs> you're, you're number three, Robert. Uh, my number three uh, from 1978, uh, The Cheap Detective. Um, I, I've talked about it before here. I, I love this movie, uh, even though it is flawed. It was a, a follow-up to Murder by Death, which was a big hit and was a, a murder mystery spoof with an all-star cast. This one was a parody of Maltese Falcon and Casablanca, kind of mashed Ooh. up into the same film with Peter Falk playing the Bogart role. Um, it had an amazing cast, everybody from Anne Margaret, Louise Fletcher, John Houseman, uh, Stockard Channing, and all these people were in the movie. Um, and then a lot of people who you don't think of for comedy, Nicole Williamson, who we loved in Excalibur, uh, was in this. Paul Williams from our Muppet movies, uh, friends of this podcast know that. James Cromwell, Cromwell, one of your favorites, uh, is yep. in it. Uh, a very small part um, and a very bad joke uh, with him. He kind <laughs> of, you know. And well, <laughs> he's he a chauffeur whose name is Schnell. And these German officers keep saying, Schnell, Schnell, because they oh, want to go geez. faster. It, yeah. And then he's like, yeah. And then, yeah. So anyway, that's the kind of movie it is. But but the the, the, the real draw for this movie is that Eileen Brennan and Madeline Kahn. Um, wow. I lo- Long before Clue. Um, I love them both. But Madeline Kahn steals this movie. Uh, she was just a comic genius. And she is so funny in this. Um, I wrote down like a whole bunch of her quotes. I will not try and reenact them because she was just her own little pixie weirdness but um it um it's such a great movie she is so funny in it if you like maltese falcon or casablanca there's so many references they actually filmed them on some of the same sets using some of the same props um which is kind of interesting um and uh, a, a little sidelight on this being a, a bad movie despite how much i love it um the, the guy who who created the the cinescore movie review website right. created it to give grades to movies based on seeing this movie because he hated it so much. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. He said he'd been a fan of Neil Simon's work. Neil Simon wrote this film for years, and this movie was so poor, he feels like, I have to have a way to get the word out about this movie being terrible. So he oh, created man. a movie rating website we still use today, um, and this was his, his first film. Uh, that's but don't take his word for it. I'm telling you, it's hilarious. Rent it, buy it, find it. It's on nice. my list. All right. Okay. So my number three. Okay. So we had already mentioned Matthew McConaughey earlier. So here's my Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey movie um, from 2003 with a Metascore of 45. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Love now, it. So love them all, John. <laughs> I know, really. He really does. 
Except my OG, which no one has seen but me. (laughs) Right. Nobody. Okay. So um, the plot of this movie is absolutely absurd. Uh, So you have Matthew McConaughey who bets his boss. He can make a woman fall in love with him so he can handle a diamond ad campaign. Kate Hudson writes for a women's magazine and is doing an article on how to uh, hook up with a guy and drive him away in 10 days. So, of course, they meet. Of course, they fall in love. And, of course, they find out what the other is doing and have a big fight. And, of course, they get back together again because it is so freaking predictable. Now, story time. Uh, My wife and I were dating, and we actually saw this as part of a double feature at a drive-in. It was this uh, along with the Oscar-winning Chicago. Now, Chicago is freaking fantastic. This movie, we were both like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Uh, not too long later, of course, we caught it on cable and watched it again. And we're like, oh, it's it's not as bad as we remember. Then we watched it again. Then we watched it again. Then we bought it. And we've probably watched it. It's literally one of our regulars. Hey, what do you want to watch? Yeah. Oh, let's pick one of our regulars. We've probably seen this movie 40 times if we've seen it 10. It's, Amen. it's, it's so bad um, at times. And it's ridiculous. But oh my God, it's just so much fun. And we do truly love this movie. So how to lose a guy in 10 days is my number. Welcome three. to the dark side, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and people call me a movie snob, not with scores like this. I'm not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amber, you're number two. Okay. So this one almost could be my number one, but my number one is a movie I love so much. Like nothing else could beat it but this one is it's it's a close one it does not have a meta score 1977 starring the one and only william shatner oh. kingdom of the spiders oh, <laughs> oh god, god. <laughs> is that a real uh, thing that's like, <laughs> like a joke title you'd see no i swear to god (laughs) this this movie is another entry in the what the hell was my mother thinking showing us that movie (laughs) list along with like watership down which in hindsight is fabulous but when you're like five you know it's a horror show yeah right um but you know it was the 70s nobody cared she's like here watch a scary movie it's got spiders it's cool (laughs) (laughs) you Watch this movie at Halloween for the spiders that apparently you can't just step on or outrun or spray with something. You continue watching for Shatner in all his glory. He's like this misogynistic asshole sheriff who like literally smacks a woman on the butt. (laughs) He is such a pig and he's the town's only hope. And for added fun, I just discovered this year. It's so fabulous. You can watch it on Amazon Prime with the cast of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Nice. (laughs) It's called called Riff Tracks. And yes, I mean, I've seen this movie. I own this movie. I don't own many because clutter, but I own a copy of this one <laughs> and I watched it on prime and laughed until I cried. It was like, I had never seen it before because the mystery science theater guys are just fabulous. And this movie is like, you just can't believe your, what you're watching. You just can't even. Well, it's got William Shatner in it. So yeah, you can't believe it. <laughs> right now. All right. All right. Disney John, you're number two. 
All right. My uh, number two is from 1999 uh, with an IMDb Metacritic rating of 38. And it's Wiggity Wild, Wiggity 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 Wild, Wild Wild West. Oh, man. Yeah, baby. You know it. So good. So good. They did not pay that man enough. So um, Wild Wild Waste is more like it. Um, Waste of time, a waste of money, and a colossal waste of talent from the Washington Post. But yet, I will still watch it. Okay. It's not... I will say one thing. It's not nearly as good as the original Wild Wild West. No. I see where they were going. I wish it had been better than it was. So don't get me don't get me wrong. I am not in love with this movie, but I definitely would watch this movie just for a fun romp. And if they took away took away Wild Wild West and just called it like Stupid Gunman in the West, I would probably still watch it. So I actually saw this damn thing in the theater. Did so, you really? <laughs> well, I think I, I did too. Well, I was such a fan of uh, of well, Men in Black. Oh, so yeah. you have yeah. men in black. So you basically same director and stuff, and you have mm-hmm. the same leads. You're thinking, okay, cool, you know, whatever. Good. And the best thing about this movie is Salma Hayek because she yes. is just gorgeous yep. all the time. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I would ever watch this movie again is just to look at her. And she's not in it nearly enough for me nope. to watch it again anyway. Nope. This movie is awful, but I was you're the a brave movie man. Thank you. It was the one movie that I thought on this list that I was like, ooh, people are going to really hate this one. But I, I I, enjoyed it. I like Will Smith a lot. So right. particularly during that time frame in 1999, I, it just Will Smith was on a roll of movies at that time. So I was like, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to watch it. Will Smith is in it and it's going to be good. And Selma Hayek's just a kicker. So it was, I, yeah, I like it. Again, yeah. a lot of wasted talent in that movie. They just didn't yes. know what they were doing at all. 100%. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Robert, you're, <laughs> you're number two, Robert. I'm, I'm still boggled by, by William Shatner and the spiders. Um, <laughs> you gotta watch it. It's the greatest yeah. thing. Okay. Um, my, my two and one are, are very similar movies. Um, and, and like some of the others on my list, they're both, they're both kind of pastiches or parodies of certain types of types of movies. They both were done by, by like award-winning hot directors who'd made smash critically acclaimed films one two three and then they did these turkeys um this one was so bad that the director released ads in the new york times and variety and stuff saying he was apologizing for the film oh wow (laughs) now part of that was and in both of these films cases kind of like movie movie earlier um the studio didn't like what they saw so they recut it really badly and this film exists in about five different versions. And for years and years, it was not available at all in any form. It was like this the forgotten film. But I love it. Uh, it is called it Long Last Love. It is a musical. And kind of like we had George C. Scott starring in the comedy film. Well, this is a musical. And one of the main stars is Burt Reynolds. <laughs> you always think of as a, a singer. John Hillerman. John Hillerman has a couple songs in this film, you know, uh, in Higgins from, from Magnum, you know, and he he was quite the, the, the warbler of tunes, as we know. Wow. Um, it, 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 Peter Bogdanovich uh, is the director. He'd done Paper Moon. He'd done... So many great films up to this point. Uh, What's up, Doc? Uh, You know, uh, and all the Oscars, everybody loved him. He was the hot young thing. He loved old Fred and Ginger musicals from the 1930s. So he wanted to remake one, uh, but he wanted to set it, you know, set it 
a little different from the other ones. So he filmed it in color, but all of the sets and costumes were black and white. Right. Um, he put his his then girlfriend, Sybil Shepherd, also right. not known for her singing. She was the, the the opposite to Burt Reynolds. So you can imagine the two of them singing. He had <sighs> the brilliant idea years, years before Les Mis to have everyone sing live. So you've oh. got people who can't sing. And now they're going to sing Cole Porter tunes and dance live. Um, it sounds like it should be a horror show, but it is absolutely delightful and charming. And kind of like the last one I was talking about, the, the, the uh, secret weapon in this film. Once again, we have Eileen Brennan and Madeline Kahn. Um, like 10 years before Clue, <laughs> uh, Madeline Kahn plays this, this ditzy actress and, and Eileen Brennan is her put upon maid. Um, it, it is really funny. Um it is very stylish. They they do the Cole Porter songs, which are witty and saucy and sophisticated with all the verses. It, it, so in a way, it's very charming, but um, it, it did bombed. And in fact, it, it won a golden turkey. It was one of the first golden turkey winners. Oh. And it was, the, it was in the first edition of the book, 50 Worst Films of All Time. Oh, wow. Um, this oh, this, this film is hated. However, Ryan Johnson, who is hot, hot, hot right now with Glass Onion and uh, Knives Out, said it was one of his top 10 favorite musicals of the 1970s. <laughs> now, that's kind of a limited list. I love yes. musicals. And I can't even think of 10 musicals from the 70s. But, <laughs> but it was one of his 10 favorites. So, that's his I, last I, you know, Jedi side that... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like but no, this, this movie is great. Now, now we, we always talk about physical media on this podcast. I got to say, it finally came out for the first time in probably 20 years. It was available on Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is a terrible edit of this film. And it's, it's been recut a bunch of times, numbers in, numbers out, different orders, all kinds of things. Um, but but it, I, the edit that's on the Blu-ray is not great. So if you decide you want to get this film on physical media, um, reach out to the podcast and I'll, I'll send you my list of how you should watch the film to actually get it in its best incarnation. But <laughs> really, really like this movie. It is stylish and funny and uh, has great songs despite, you know, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. Uh, thank you. That's just a whole nother image. I'm going to have to, you know, pour bleach into my ears on that one. Okay. Anyway, he, ta- uh, he tap dances too. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, my number two is another one from my childhood, uh, with a meta score of 48, uh, from 1980, we have Caddyshack. Now, uh, disgusting jokes, over-the-top performances, a really bad Irish accent, stereotypes, and a truly stupid ending. Uh, my 10-year-old self thought this was the funniest thing ever. Maybe as I, I grew up, well, <laughs> as I grew up and rewatched it, yeah, it's still funny. And, and I and I still <laughs> like it. Um, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray are are very funny and stupid all at the same time. Roddy Dangerfield gives us all kinds of one-liners that makes me laugh every time. It is stupid. Ted Knight is, you know, off the charts ridiculous, but of course he is. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's ridiculous. And I laugh every time and I have a copy and I just, I don't care. It's, it's funny. And I know it's not, not good. I don't care. It's funny. I enjoy it. And it's one of those that you take your brain out, sit down and just laugh. And that's, and that's fine. And we need to do that every once in a while. Because sometimes our brains get in the way. And this movie definitely does not need our brain at all. Anyway, so (laughs) Caddyshack from 1980. So uh, before we do our number ones, we are going to take a short break so we can hear from our friends at the Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast. 
Okay, Jason, test of our friendship. Which is better, Van Halen or Van Hagar? Man, honestly, I think Van Hagar has better music. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's Van Halen. You're wrong. <laughs> what about Michael Jackson's Bad Album versus Michael Jackson's Thriller Album? Thriller, obviously. Bestseller, ever. No, no. See, people trick themselves into believing that it's actually bad. <laughs> okay, Trading Places versus Coming to America. Trading Places is the funnier movie on this. this deal. No, Coming to America is the funniest movie of all time. <laughs> so if you find yourself backing one of us or the other of us, you need to be listening to the Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast. That's right. We have a friendly discussion. D and I are best buddies, and we take a deep dive and look at the behind-the-scenes stuff, the history, and the fun facts of all these wonderful movies and music from our youth. It's really just an opportunity for us to geek out about the things that we really loved growing up. For example, do you know the actor that was in Star Wars, Batman 89, and Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, sure. It's Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford wasn't in Batman. Oh, yeah. Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams was not in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Who was it? Well, you've got to tune in to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast when we discuss Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Back to the Future to find out the answer. Okay. Amber, are you ready to do your number one? I am. And keeping with that turn your brain off kind of theme, <laughs> this movie is my favorite, one of my favorites of all time. I will not hear anyone disparage this movie. I've watched it probably <laughs> once a year since it came out from 1980 with a meta score of 31. Ladies and gentlemen, sing it with me. Xanadu. Open your eyes and hear the magic. Universal Pictures announces the most dazzling romantic musical fantasy in years. Xanadu. Starring Olivia Newton-John. Michael Beck. And Gene Kelly. It's a love story about a boy and girl from two very different worlds whom no one can keep apart. It's a spectacular entertainment that will transport you beyond your dreams. Xanadu, where time stops and the magic never ends. Xanadu. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yes, you know you love it. I had the soundtrack of this when I was a kid. Yes. Oh my god. I did too. Oh. I have it right now. Oh. I I wanted to be Olivia Newton-John so bad like I just thought she was everything. I love this movie. I showed this movie to Liam for the first time and I was like this is all the explanation you need for why I am the way I am. Welcome to the 80s. Enjoy. <laughs> this movie has freaking everything. It has lasers. It has neon. It has 
roller skating, like different kinds of roller skating. There's team roller skating. There's romantic roller skating. There's angry roller skating. There's <laughs> angry has, roller skating. That's called rollerball. It's, it's, it's emoting while you're roller skating in a very <laughs> intense scene. And the only emoting that Michael Beck does in the movie, because the rest of the time he's playing a block of wood. Huh. Like the characters turn into animation at one point for like no reason at all. <laughs> You've got Gene Kelly in his last movie appearance. That's and he downer. was always like just this side of cheesy anyway. And he just kind of pushed himself over the edge, like to hell with it. I'm old. I can do what I want. And <laughs> Olivia Newton John, as much as I love her, she like she's that type of performer that was made for like 70s variety shows. Like, <laughs> like that was her niche. And that's who she is in this movie. Is like she's adorable. She's like the only person who's having fun and understood the assignment. And the soundtrack is a blast. And this movie, I don't care if people say it's bad. I freaking love it. I'm glad she was having fun because I wasn't when I was watching it. But anyway, <laughs> not at all. My little sister was obsessed with that movie and she was young enough. I had to drive her to it like 10 times and I, I still have nightmares. <laughs> um, yeah, it was bad. I would bring a book and sit in the lobby because it, <laughs> it was just bad. Yeah. And, and, and then, wow. and then it, it was revealed that Olivia didn't even actually like sing the big song. She couldn't hit the notes at the end because it was too high. Oh, so no. it was like they like dubbed her high notes, which I that just was. You know. It doesn't matter. Wow. She's fabulous. If, if Burt Reynolds amazing. can sing, Olivia can sing. I'm just, right. yeah, you know. Wow. Movie magic, baby. Movie magic. <laughs> exactly. All right. That was a that was a very impressive number one. OK. <laughs> uh dizzy john i think i personally think i have the best list on here i'm just saying gee uh, i'm so i'm so shocked that you're gonna say that my number one man i, I'm, I'm I think just i'm gonna have you. a heart attack and die from not surprised <laughs> anyway <laughs> john your number one please my number one is from 2014 it's one of my favorite adam sandler movies uh-oh it is it is called blended my name is Jim. I'm Lauren. Got you buffalo shrimp with a sauce on the side. Look oh up. Oh my God, this hot! Did you drink my beer? Can you get me some water? Here, have some French onion soup. <laughs> no more dating for me. It's time I should be spending with my kids. Want to shoot some hope? Jim, what do you want? She says she's not interested in you. Believe me, Frodo, I don't like her either. The restaurant mixed up our cards. Oh. Lauren! I have to talk to you. What's wrong? It's over between me and Dick. Now nobody gets to go. Where was he going to take you? Africa. Is his last name Theodopolis? Yes. That's my boss. My boy would give anything to go on a vacation like this. Mr. Theodopolis, hi, it's Jim. I wonder... If you'd be willing to sell me the vacation? Wait until I tell the boys. Wait till I tell the girls. We're going, going to, to Africa! Africa! Yeah! Welcome to Africa. Come Africa. Welcome, welcome. This is pretty cool, Mom. What is he doing here? Don't talk to my dad like that. Butthole language. She can say butthole if she wants to. Butthole, butthole. Not you. Are you ready for the most romantic week of your entire life? I haven't taken a shower since we got here. I know you stink. I love it. <sighs> is everyone ready to see the real Africa? This is the best 
saved my life. Aww. Why are you flipping my dad off? Huh? I'm not. There are blended families. I may have misread that situation. Yes. Oh. I love this movie. I've never even heard of this. What? Yes, you have. You have. Oh my! You it's, blocked it's, it. You just blocked it. Oh my god! It's so. I love. I uh, so it's him and um Drew Barrymore. I mean, as usual. Um, right. and it's uh, got an IMDb Metascore rating of thirty-one. <laughs> it's so high. Um. And it is um, the two of them going to Africa because of some shenanigans um, with their kids there. So they're not married. They're going together and they, <laughs> and Terry shows up in the background, nine, nine shows up in the background and starts singing in almost every other scene. It seems like, um, and it's, it's just a whole crap ton of silliness. And it's a typical Adam Sandler movie. What can I say? It's, I just, I don't know why I like this so much. It is literally one of my guilty pleasures. I will watch Blended anytime. <laughs> I will enjoy it. I will sing along with it. It's so much fun. All right. I skipped this one. I will honestly admit, I do actually like a few of his movies. This is not one that I will ever What? Watch. No, no. Really? Sorry. Wait, so what about 50 First Dates? That one I love. We actually own that one. But, Wedding, but you don't like Blended? The wedding singer is, is amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. It's it's so much fun. But I, I particularly enjoy what Adam Sandler's dramatic roles. Punch Drunk Love, he was fantastic. You know, he he actually can act when given the proper direction. Uh so yeah, I I'm I pretty much have a very much I love hate relationship with most Adam Sandler movies. I get so, that. So. I understand that, but this is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's better than Waterboy, that's fine because that was no, it's not. Oh, it's a, that's no, a dump, it's amazing. That's a, dumpster, that's a dumpster fire wrapped in shit is what that movie is. No, that's, that's an amazing awful. movie. Stop. No, no I'm no. changing my... You brought no. me back with The Wedding Singer because I was like, Adam Sandler? Ugh. But no. What? No. The Wedding Singer is great. Yes, The I Wedding Singer is like, fantastic. The Water Boy is amazing. No, no, no. I'm Bobby no. The foosball, Bobby. You can't stop. play the foosball. Stop. You're, I'm going to throw up on my, on my keyboard. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> Robert. Please bring us back to some semblance of sanity here. You're number one, please. I, I wish oh God, I could. Um, I wish I could. My, my my number one. His is Xanadu as well, and it's gonna blow your mind. It is. It He's is. Not, be like, it, Psych, I loved it. Uh, no, although my, mine is a musical um, as, as well. Um, it's, it's so easy for them to be bad, but we still love them. Um, this is from 1971. It's called The Boyfriend. MGM EMI presents the return of entertainment. We need to have, we need to have, give back our poor hearts need to have, that certain thing called the boyfriend. Well, I do the whole day through. Introducing a young lady who needs no introduction, the astounding Twiggy. No, 
wearing those, are you? But you're beautiful. Any girl who's reached the age of 17... The critics are raving about Twiggy. She personifies the word lovely, skillful and charming. She turns her first big film break into an overnight success. She knows she has reached the stage of needing one to care about. I could be happy with you if you could be The Boyfriend, an outrageous takeoff on the stage musicals of the 20s. An affectionate salute to the cinematic musical fantasies of the 1930s. And the ultimate satire on all the backstage Hollywood musicals of all time. We're ruined. No, we're not. You will have to go on. What, me? You've got exactly five minutes. You should be so fancy free. Your heart should be high. The Boyfriend. Directed by the always inventive Ken Russell. And try not to cry. talking, all singing, all dancing, all new. Happy days are here again. The Boyfriend. It's the happiest musical of the year. Directed by, by Ken Russell, who later went on to do Tommy and Altered States and things like that. This was kind of a dry spell for him. Um, I, I shouldn't say that. He, he did come off of Women in Love. He got a Best uh, Director nomination for Academy Awards. Glenda Jackson won Best Actress for that film. He did The Music Lovers the next year. Did a film called The Devils. All highly regarded, really intense dramas, super did, did, crazy and intense. So he wanted to do something kind of fun and lightweight. And as he said at the time, to prove to people I'm not really deranged. Um, so he decided to make a musical that ended up being more deranged than, than anything else he'd done until probably Tommy or after. Um, so The Boyfriend started off in the 1950s as a, a, a modest little stage musical. It, it was where Julie Andrews made her, made her big break. And then she did My Fair Lady later. But um, it, it was a parody of 1920s musicals uh, written in the 50s. MGM loved it so much, they bought it in the 50s for Debbie Reynolds to star in, who had been in Singing in the Rain and stuff. Um, Ken Russell puts in two songs from Singing in the Rain into, into the, the Boyfriend, just as kind of an homage to that idea. Um, and it didn't get made by MGM in the 50s, didn't get made in the 60s. Uh, they kicked it around a little bit, and it is a, a sidebar of the movie Thoroughly Modern Millie, which is also a bad musical that I loved. It actually does star Julie Andrews, got made because now she wanted to make the movie of The Boyfriend, but she couldn't because another studio owned the right. So they made up a new movie for her, which is how we got Thoroughly Modern Millie, which is also bad. But The Boyfriend, the, the, the reason it's bad, partly is because Ken Russell used his stock company of actors, and I love them all, but they're all very 
weird and eccentric <laughs> and, and British. Um, there are not a lot of big name stars in this. And then just to amp up the freak show value, he brought in Twiggy, the model <laughs> Twiggy, out of retirement. She was 19. She was already retired from modeling. She'd already done her Bowie cover and all that stuff. Brought her out of retirement to take over the Julie Andrews part, you know, because because anybody can do that. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, Julie Anders has that voice. Anybody can just pick that right up. Yeah. And then he brought in Tommy Toon, um, who is <laughs> six foot six and is only made a few films because he's a sideshow attraction, too. So Twiggy <laughs> and Tommy Toon were, were two, the two uh, kind of stars of this movie. Um, and so he takes this 1920s kind of corny musical and he's going to make it into a movie. So his idea is he's going to do a framing device where it's this really tacky company of bad singers and actors and dancers, which worked with the cast he had, um, <laughs> who are putting on a terrible production of this show in this dinky little rotten theater in, you know, rural England. So that's kind of the framing device. So you get to meet them all as th- th- these actors, and then they basically do the entire, like, hour and a half musical on this stage badly. Um, <laughs> but then you also have the... the um, their little interactions and their personal stories. And Twiggy is actually the understudy who has to go on for the star who breaks her foot and uh, falls in love with the guy who's, who's the, the star of the play. And, and he thinks she doesn't want any, all, all that stuff. But then because it's not complicated enough, a Hollywood director randomly has his car breakdown outside the theater. And while his car's getting fixed, he comes in to watch this bad version of a good show in the 1920s. And so then we see all the musical numbers again done as he would do them in these like Busby Berkeley spectacular mirrored floors, hundred dancer versions. So you Lord. Yeah. So the movie running time is not quite three hours. Oh Um, Oh my God. Jesus. If you can do it once, you know, with Tommy Toon tap dancing kind of well and, and on a cardboard set with paper mache props and, then let's do it again with glitter and 150 foot, you know, golf ball and and all these Mercedes Benzes driving by because why not? Um, oh, it is yeah. just excess upon excess upon excess. And um, if you are me, you love that. Um, <laughs> it, and and it is super super quotable. This is probably the movie that in our household we we say these things all the time. That, that it's got a million and one use quotes um and um but but this was another one the studio was like dear god what have you done no one wants to see a three-hour musical um especially in 1971 when we've already bombed with dr doodle and hello dolly and all these bombs so it got cut up into bits they took out half the musical numbers they took out all the backstage scenes so then it made a lot of the rest of it make no sense um but but i love this movie i will watch it once a week i i just am delighted by now i don't watch it straight through mind you it is an endurance test um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know and it, but it does have an intermission it's one of those old school roadshow movies there is an intermission that's when you can come back tomorrow and watch the rest of it um, and, and it was a great lead-in because ken russell is my one of my favorite directors and almost every movie he's made is bad i'm not sure how that works but <laughs> I, I, I i as a footnote to, to, to the boyfriend being my number one any of his 1980s movies are worth watching for fantastically wonderful bad movie. Crimes of Passion, Gothic, Salome's Last Dance, Blair the White Worm. You've got Hugh Grant, Peter Capaldi, Timothy Spall, Kathleen Turner, all these stars 
doing their worst work they've ever done or <laughs> earlier in their career. Wow. But in these outrageous, hallucinogenic, crazy movies that have about 20 minutes that are sheer brilliance wrapped in an hour and a half that is unwatchable. Well, so, sounds like um, the 70s. <laughs> yeah, well, Russell was big and he was normal in the 70s. And then I think the drugs took hold or something and he just went off the rails <laughs> in the 80s. But, um, but anyway, this movie is, is delightful. You can take your whole family to it um, if, if they have, you know, com- comfortable seat to sit in. And um, it, it is well worth watching. I, I love it a lot. All right. Wow. I got to admit, most of your list, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like two of them. I know two of them for sure. You and the Metacritics. I'm, right, just, I'm so. just out there on my own little island watching right. bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my number one uh, now error. It's time to talk about Flash Gordon. What plaything can you offer me today? The planet Earth. What's happening? It's an attack. Pathetic Earthlings. Who can save you now? Flash! They'll kill you! Let's all team up and fight him. Prepare him for torture! I want him. Stop at nothing! Flash Gordon is still alive. Gordon's alive? Yes! Must be my lucky day. Yes! Oh my! (laughs) All right, you go first. You go first since I stole your thunder. You go right ahead. Oh, that's all right. Really, the biggest thing, so much of this movie is spectacular. But what put it on my list was Sam J. Jones and Melody Anderson <laughs> playing the leads. Like they're like lobotomized, like the dumbest people, but they're pretty in the entire world. <laughs> it's not that they're bad actors, it's that they're really stupid people. And you're just watching them just be stupid, and you're just like, they're how? I don't understand. And, but the great thing is that you have all these other actors that are having like the best time ever and are like playing it completely serious while they're wearing like tinfoil and it's absurd and like nobody cares. And this movie is just the bomb. And then you get a queen soundtrack like my right. God. Yes, I still have oh my, my uh, I saw my vinyl copy of the Queen soundtrack sitting on a shelf yes. right behind me. Uh, Can we do a sing along at the end of the title? Oh, song to you don't, don't want to hear oh, me. Yeah, do you, don't wanna, you don't want to hear me destroy Queen. Pro- I yes, promise do. you don't want to hear that. Uh, I saw this actually three times in the theater uh, when I was a kid. I love the movie. Uh, yes, this is what happens when you have a uh, a European film crew that thinks they're doing a, a stupid campy sci-fi movie. And an American film crew that thinks they're doing something serious and nobody really understands the assignment mm-hmm. whatsoever. Uh, it is very uneven. Um, there is some really cool visual effects right alongside some really bad visual effects. Uh, there's some things that are just incredibly stupid and don't make any sense. So one of the things that's always bothered me 
right after uh, with, uh, when they have that little, uh, when Baron and Flash have that fight on their little tilt-a-whirl thing with the spikes and everything and the whips, they are they're scratched and, and bloodied and whatever. And five minutes later after it's over, they've changed clothes and nothing's happened. No scratches, no scars, no mm-hmm. blood, no nothing. And, and then they're going to rip down curtains and parachute, you know, through space down. I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, but I don't care. I love this movie. It's, it's fantastic. The, the, all the performances are either, incredibly ridiculous are really really good and i i just recently bought a nicer upgraded version of the movie on blu-ray because yes i do love it that much and that is why it is my number one because i if somebody said hey you want to watch flash Gordon?" yes 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 it's always yes, yes. <laughs> always yes i mean the and you mentioned the tinfoil but the fact is those costumes all looked fantastic they were they were great you know and i didn't just oh man it was just so much fun and so stupid all at the same time and oh excuse me while i put this on the list too (laughs) (laughs) i love this movie it's unanimous yeah it's it's fantastic fun yeah and and that's yeah yeah and brian blessed oh my god only that man can go from flash gordon to like shakespeare right Oh, Timothy Dalton as Baron was so good, you know, and then he gets to be James Bond for a few films. I don't know. It's just next one side out. Like I know. Let's 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 cash let's cash an English actor as an Asian, you know, which I know he's not technically Asian, but his name is Ming. I mean, it's kind of like you know he's got he's got the the goatee and everything. It's just like whatever. They kind of did like a wing eyeshadow on him. Yeah, it it was it was bad, but yeah, it it was bad. It was the eighties. Yes, it was. And I had such a crush on Aura because she was just totally beautiful. But I oh, everybody loved her. Yeah. And apparently she loved everybody in this the movie too. Pink pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this was uh, as exactly as I expected it. Uh, it's uh, it's really? utter it, chaos. Yes. Really? It's, <laughs> it's funny. It is so much fun to laugh like this and talk about so many uh, bad movies. Uh, that we at least appreciate and understand that are bad, but we don't care because we still love them anyway. Amen. Um, you know, it's like the it's like the stupid friend that you keep around because, well, they're 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 fun to have around. You know, it doesn't matter how stupid and ignorant and <laughs> ridiculous they are. We're keeping them. We're we keep them. Speaking of which, Dayton. Damn! <laughs> whoa! <laughs> ah, whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Hey, no respect. My, no respect. Is my nose bleeding? I just got tagged. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, uh, thank you, Amber. Thank you. Thank you, Disney John. Always, Dayton, always. And thank you, Robert. Anytime, thank you. And I would definitely want to thank the listeners out there, and I hope uh, this was as much fun for you as it was for us. Uh, We do want to hear from you, and we love to hear from you guys. Uh, Reach out to us on Twitter at DockingBay77Pod, on Facebook at DockingBay77Podcast, and email DockingBay77Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, do us a favor, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Five-star reviews help us get seen by more people. Uh, tell your family and friends about us. Uh, share us on social media. Every little bit helps. And uh, if, if you're enjoying it, maybe uh, your friends or family will enjoy us too. Uh, also, you can go to Patreon and uh, search DockingBay77. And for as little as $1 a month, you can help offset the cost of the production of this podcast. Now, come back next week. Uh, We have the first in a series of episodes where we examine uh, underrated and forgotten Disney animated movies. 
Uh, Jeff Johnson from the Film By Podcast. David Burns and Scott Hoffman are stopping by, and we are discussing Disney's The Black Cauldron. Do yourself a favor. Watch more movies, even the bad ones. And remember, physical media is better than streaming. The Donkey Bay 77 podcast is produced and edited by Dayton Johnson, recorded with Rode Pod Mics, the Zoom Pod Track P4, and edited on Audacity. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. You can find him on YouTube and Bandcamp. Thank you for listening.